Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, before we move on to the next topic here, I need to remind you guys about our wonderful partner here at the Love of the Star podcast. It is Boomer Jacks. And I keep telling you guys about Boomer Jacks, specifically what Boomer Jacks has ready for you on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. It's great wing deals. On Tuesdays, it's half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings, but they have great deals for you the rest of the time, too. They got drink specials starting at $3. They have $15 buckets of beer. There are wall-to-wall TVs. Every sporting event you could ever imagine is on the televisions there when you go to Boomer Jacks. They have TVs in the bathroom. There's literally not a time where you will miss a moment of the action. Live music, like I said, wall-to-wall TVs, great drink specials, great food. It's just a fantastic atmosphere for whatever you're looking for, and it's why we're so excited to have them as our partner here at Love the Star. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, uh, the third round pick, number 90, the Cowboys take uh, DeMarvian Overshone. This is the linebacker out of Texas, a guy who started as a safety, uh, transitioned to linebacker, uh, has apparently some ability, it sounds like, to be a a part-time edge player if they wanted to do that with him. Um, Mitch LaPointe, the Cowboys director of college scouting, came and talked to us on Saturday morning, said that Overshone was one of his favorite players to study in this draft and, and mentioned even that he was somebody who would have been right there with Schoonmaker when they picked at 58. So Cowboys were very high on DeMarvey and Overshone from Texas, but kind of a Swiss Army knife player, a, a good athlete, a you know good measurables at 6'3", 229, um, but a guy who... Uh, you know, was was looking for the right position. It felt like at Texas for a little bit. Found linebacker, really committed to learning the position. You saw improvement. Um, you see a guy who plays with his hair on fire. Um, what what in, what are your thoughts overall on on Overshone and how he fits in here with the Cowboys? Yeah, once again, here we are with a defensive player that gets selected. That's got a lot of, of versatility to him. You mentioned the fact that he played some safety, he played linebacker. There were some whispers going around pre-draft that maybe somebody would try and bulk him up and maybe even make him a defensive end. But you're absolutely right. Everything you talked about, hair on fire, the way he plays, the way he is able to chase the football, he's a good tackler in space. 
you know, there, there's a lot to really like about this player. I personally had him in the fourth round myself, but I had him early in or early in the fourth round. You know, they could have been one of those things where you could have gone if you would have cheated your grades and said three, four, kind of a combination there. But here's a kid, like I said, that that is just, you know, he he's 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 he was looking for a spot. And I think the Cowboys have had, you know, they've had some success with having vision for these players. I've mentioned that a bunch. I think Overshone's the same way. I think he comes in with the right attitude. I think he comes with the right demeanor. I think he's got the size, the length, the range, all those things that Dan Quinn loves in a defensive player. First pick for the Cowboys on day three came in the fourth round, pick 129, and it's Junior Fajoko, uh, an edge rusher from San Jose State, who it sounds like they're going to ask to put on some weight and, and play inside as a three technique. Uh, Fajoko right now, 6'4", 276, 33-inch arms, uh, and a guy who had a ton of production at San Jose State. Again, we talk about playing with your hair on fire. That's definitely Fajoko. You talk about a guy who uh, knows how to use his hands, which I think is always big when you're a defensive lineman and you come to the league and you have an understanding on on how to attack with your hands and and how to play with those and, and have a pass or a plan. That all fits Fajoko. Not the greatest athlete in the world, um, but somebody who I think technically is a more advanced rusher uh, and somebody that uh, when he puts on some weight here and and comes in the league, I'll be really excited to see how Dan Quinn uses him. Yeah Dan, yeah, Dan Quinn was on the table for this guy, and it was very, very clear that, you know, initially I did not evaluate the player of my 210, and, and shame on me for not doing that. You start to think about, well, are they looking at this guy as a defensive end? How are the Cowboys going to take another defensive end here? You know, and so you're kind of, you know, thinking about time management and looking at other players, but that's a mistake on my part. Going back and looking at Fajoko, I could see why they're going to try and play him at three technique. We interviewed Sharif Floyd, who's the assistant defensive line coach with the Cowboys, and and he he was talking about him as being that type of guy. But the the whole this whole process really started because of Dan Quinn. This really started because of Dan Quinn standing up on the table, wanting this player, wanting a player that's super active, wanting a guy that gets up the field, wanting a guy that plays well in space. You know, and, and that's the whole idea with your three technique. If you get a guy that it plays what they call a gap or a gap and a half, you know, when he's able to play that, you know, you've got a you've got a you you really do have a special player if they could control that outside to him and then maybe go over a gap and then another half from that. So that shows you they're th- talking about the range of the player, and that's what they believe in Junior Fajoko can be able to do, that he's that active, that strong, that kind of that relentless kind of effort uh, to always be in on the play and, and to win on the blocks. They will – AD, Dan Quinn, they will work with the technique, the footwork, all that to make this kid uh, give him a chance to be a, a, a guy that could – you know, be on your 53 and then also potentially be on your 48 when you play on Sundays. After you had a chance to watch him, uh, where would he have graded out for you? Would he have been a what, – what round grade would you have put on I, I would have put him in the fourth round is where I would have put him. I would have put him right there. I mean, I had some guys. Like I said, there were so many of these defensive ends that I was looking at. I'm like, man, there's no way in hell that they're going to uh, – they're going to just keep, you know, uh, add a defensive end. But – I had Young from Tennessee, McGuire from Missouri, Horton from TCU, uh, Wheat from Mississippi State. They did not – Wheat went undrafted, but what did they do? 
they added Weed, I believe I'm right about this, Bobby, as an undrafted free agent from Mississippi State. So I kind of would put him in the mix ahead of those guys. I think I would have him ahead of Horton, who I had at 127. So that was just a miss on my part right there, not to add a player uh, that uh, that could have uh, could have been drafted. And he was, of course, drafted by the Cowboys. Uh, the next pick for the Cowboys came at the back end of the fifth round with a compensatory pick, uh, pick 169. They take Asim Richards from North Carolina, a tackle who, I'll be honest, Brian, when I watched him, uh, he's 6'4", 309, 34-inch arms, 10-inch hands. Uh, when I watched him, I thought guard. Uh, yeah. That, that, was, that was how I viewed him. When we got a chance to talk to Mike Solari, the uh, offensive line coach, the new offensive line coach, he seemed to say there is flexibility there to be tackle, guard, or center, but it sounded like tackle was the primary position for him. Um, I, I think you see a lot of power with, with Richards, um, a guy who needs to get better at actually finishing blocks off, though, probably, and, and somebody who's a little limited athletically. Um, but what were your thoughts on Richards and the idea of him being maybe primarily a tackle? Yeah, I you know what I'll disagree with you on the limited as far as the athletic ability. I don't, I mean the numbers and stuff like that maybe tell the story that you're talking about. I know this though. I saw this guy as being a really light footed athlete. I, I rarely saw him on the ground. I thought he adjusted when it came to his blocking. His positioning was good. His balance was good. I didn't see him get knocked back or driven back. I watched Georgia Tech, Notre Dame, were a couple of games that I got to scout. I felt like he did a good job of holding his ground between the defender and the ball. The pass sets were good. He does a good job of staying with his man in the running game. I mean, I didn't see him lose and sustain in the open field. He gets the second level. They they pull him. They run screens. Uh, you know, he's the kind of guy that where he knows where to put his hands. He knows what he needs to do about you know trying to climb that guy as a run blocker. Uh, but man, I, I felt like that. You know, there were times when they tried to twist on him and stuff, and he was athletic and aware enough to kind of pull those things. So, you know, he, he the, the, the word is you're right. He could probably play a couple of different spots. I would keep him at offensive tackle if it, if it, if it was me. I would try and develop him there because I think he could play either left or right tackle and be just fine for you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Uh, are you surprised it took until the fifth round for the Cowboys to address offensive line? I, I I really did, and and you know, and that's the that's the thing about it. I mean, we got to a point where I'm like, well, somebody get Dan Quinn out of the room so they can you know they can look at these offensive linemen that you know with the possibility. I mean, Richards went at pick one sixty. Uh, well, excuse me, that was what I had on my board. He went at pick when he go. He was one sixty nine. 169. So he was the 169th player on my or 161st player on my board. But you know, there was there were several of these guys where I kind of felt like that that maybe, you know, that the 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 center guard combination guys might be a little bit uh a little bit more inviting there. 
but uh, but they they you know they they took a really good athlete here, a, a guy that I don't think this is one of those. Sometimes you take these guys and they're from a really small school, and there's so much that you have to work on to get them to even be you know the 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 where you have to get them to go to even get to a certain level. I don't think Richards is one of those guys. I think Richards is at a really good level, and anything going up on him, I think, is is only going to be beneficial for the Cowboys. The next pick the Cowboys made was Eric Scott, traded to the top of the sixth round, traded to pick next year to be able to get there and draft him. The cornerback. This is surprising. This one was a little surprising, Bobby. This, I'm not this is. Lie to you. I was surprised by this. This is a guy I had not seen, um, and so yeah. I watched him on Sunday uh, a little bit, and I, I mean. Traits are there. You you like all of that. I, I do yeah. wonder if he's maybe a little limited. I, I don't know how how good he'll be in, in press man, and um, I, I feel like he's more of a zone type of corner. But yeah. uh, what were your thoughts on Scott and and a guy who showed some really good athletic testing? Forty inch vertical, you know, eleven foot broad. Ran a four seven one forty, but apparently he had an injured quad. He had been testing around four four two. Yeah. Uh, thoughts on Eric Scott, the corner pick from Southern Miss? Yeah, I think you got him right, Bobby. I mean, he is uh, he's six one, he's one ninety seven, and the thing about him is he plays as what we call the field corner. And the field corner is there's like the boundary corner, which has the boundary, which of course is the sideline. It's a little bit easier when that short side of the field when you can cover, you can run your guy to the sideline. As a field corner, it's wide open out there. You've got to cover a lot of ground. A lot of guys that are field corners actually become pretty good slot corners because of their ability to cover the whole entire field. Eric Scott does play a ton of zone. You can watch Southern Miss play, and uh, he he plays sideways. And so the majority of the time, his rear is pointed to the to the to the sideline. But the movement skills are good. He's not a tight moving player at all. He'll react well to the receiver when he's pressed. Uh, he's not afraid to tackle. He's aggressive in the way he plays. I mean, he had 78 tackles, 51 of them were solos, and, you know, he 12 pass breakups, two fumble recoveries, five interceptions. I mean, he's played 34 games for you in three years. So you, he's reliable. Uh, you know, you could see him finish. Uh, I, I was watching the game against uh, against uh, Liberty where he had a uh, – a, uh, he had a touchdown on a on an interception return there. Watching the game against Tulane, where he had another interception return for a touchdown. I I just think to me that that the that height that weight. Now I was surprised. I kind of felt like that they could have grabbed him without going up and making the pick. But evidently they had some they had some intel that maybe Eric Scott needed to be picked at that time because some people were sitting behind him, kind of waiting to see if they could get him to their spot. The next pick for the Cowboys, sixth-round pick, pick 212 overall. Obviously, the uh, emotional pick of the day. Uh, they select Deuce Vaughn, the running back out of Kansas State, the son of uh, assistant director of college scouting Chris Vaughn. Uh, very viral, emotional moment when they uh, they picked Deuce. Um, but outside of that, uh, the, the, sentiment, uh, the sentimentality of it, uh, how do you view Deuce Vaughn as a player who – the tape is really, really exciting. The measurables are just, uh, you know, a question. Yeah, Bobby. I mean, he he is when you when I looked at my board and or I started stacking guys. Deuce Vaughn was my top running back in the fifth round. It was Vaughn, McIntosh, Tucker from Syracuse, who did not get selected, and McBride were like my fifth round linebackers. So 
he was right there in the mix for me. I say linebacker, running backs. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But he was the guy that was in the mix for me right there in the in the fifth round. I thought this kid had some of the best start-stop quickness in the draft. I think he has a special ability to be running full speed, stop, and then get back to full speed in a blink of an eye. I just the vision, the cutting ability. He's one of those guys that's very patient. He'll allow the blocks to develop, and then all of a sudden he'll take full advantage of that. His lack of height. Sometimes you'll watch him play, and he's very patient, very patient, and they're blocking, and the defense is like you can see they're trying to find him, and then he's two and through the hole, and he's up for six, seven-yard gain. I, I didn't see him be one of those guys that got knocked off his feet, even at being at 5'5". Five, five. I will say this. I do not think he has elite speed. I, when you the, the longer that he has to run, the more likely he is he's going to get caught. And so – that I think is really the height and the elite speed. I think are the are are good questions, but the quickness, the start stop ability, and the ability to catch the football, I think give Deuce Vaughn the opportunity to make this fifty three man roster. The final pick of the day for the Cowboys, round seven, pick twenty seven. It's two forty four overall. It's Jalen Brooks, wide receiver from South Carolina. Again, another guy that I had not seen heading into the day. Uh, got a chance to watch him a little bit. This is this sounds like a, a Noah Brown type of replacement, a guy who can uh, be the personal protector, can do some stuff on special teams, big bones fossil pick. But, you know, you look at the tape, you look at a guy who, who adjusts to the ball well, I think, makes some tough catches, uh, not an elite athlete by any means, but your thoughts on the Jalen Brooks selection to close out the draft? I think you exactly nailed who this player is with Brooks. I, I, he is a guy that – you know, when you watch him play, he can. He can play the gunner. He can play. And then the gunner's the guy on the punt team that plays all the way. They call it the gunner, the flyer, whatever you want to call him. He's that type of guy. He plays on the outside. He can make tackles. He's not afraid to stick his nose in the action and do that. As a receiver, you're right, Bobby. He He's one of those guys. You see him run underneath routes and stuff. He can adjust to the ball behind him, in front of him, above him. Uh, you know, played big-time football at, at South Carolina this is one of those traits picks. I think the traits picks is the fact that this guy is a really good special teams player. And you're right. He could fit that role of what we saw with Noah Brown. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.